0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncensored Sales Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, sales coach and revenue mentor for service-based experts, and I am so excited about my guest today, Um, Amy Matos, is a content strategist and copywriter with Glean People Strategies, and one of the very first women that I think I started networking with online and have totally built a relationship with virtually, and she's one of my favorite people in the business world, so I'm so excited that she's here today, so welcome, Amy. Thank you. I feel exactly the same way about you. (laughs) Uh, So Amy and I were actually introduced via our, I think it was both of our first business coaches, right? Lauren was your first business
1: coach? Correct. She sure was.
0: Yes. And so Lauren was my first business coach, Lauren Golden um, with the Free Mama Movement. And I'm sure we will talk about her in this podcast. Lauren's pretty amazing. Um, But she connected Amy and I just because she is a great business coach and had a, a great way of connecting women that needed to be connected. And so Amy and I have networked and referred one another business and actually had the awesome, awesome opportunity to finally hire Amy for a project, which I'm so excited about. So, um, would always love to share how I meet my podcast guests to give you guys some encouragement and just getting out there and networking and really just seeing where relationships go and where things take you. So Amy, will you tell everyone kind of your entrepreneurial journey and, um, a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much again for having me here today, Ms. Ryan. So in terms of my journey, so like yourself, I started um, my entrepreneurial journey. Actually, frankly, it started many, many years ago um, because I was in uh, corporate life where I worked as kind of an HR consultant for many years, Um, always kind of felt like there was a little bit something that was missing and just kind of kept searching for it. I always knew I wanted to write Um, I thought about blogging and then I realized I didn't want to really like, uh, I wanted to make money (laughs) um, with my business and not that that can't be done with blogging, but that didn't make sense for me and my goals. And so I kind of put that on hold and just kind of kept looking and and soul searching and then eventually um, found the same program that you were just mentioning, the Free Mama Movement um, when I was on my maternity leave last year. Um, and I kind of jumped into this world of being an online entrepreneur and launched uh, a copywriting business. And so since, uh, yes, I've taken a few just different courses along the line since then I've fallen in love with, with kind of courses and coaching and investing in myself and investing in my business and have really, um, you know, I I was kind of side hustling for a while and then realized, you know what, like I, I want to jump into this you know, both feet and and really built this business where I can support people that I love doing something that absolutely lights my soul on fire. So I stepped away from corporate life um, a few months ago, and now I'm just kind of full on self-employed mompreneur.
0: I love that. So I like how you kind of just slid that in at the end, like, "Oh, by the way, I built a business and quit my full time job." So that's like a huge deal. How long did you do the side hustle thing before you you quit your job?
1: Almost exactly a year, um, because uh, yeah, it took about exactly a year from when I launched the business um, until the point that I I left because I I was just kind of. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I had everything in order. And I think in the beginning, um, you know, it was probably a little bit nervous. You get in your head a little bit, even though you know all the things that you're supposed to be doing, or at least I, I tell myself like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to run a business. I've done, you know, small business consulting for years. I know the things. Um, but you kind of get in your own head a little bit when it's your own show. Um, and, you know, so it kind of took me a little while to to really firmly get my feet on the ground. And then once I really started um, you know, niching down to, to doing things that I really love for people that I truly love, like things just kind of started moving and started growing. And, you know, once I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone in terms of, uh, you know, meeting people and networking and, and talking more about it, like it just kind of all, it all just kind of started rolling, I guess. And so, but it took, it took a little while.
0: It took about a year. That's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that for a couple of reasons. You know that I'm a big believer and I coach a lot too. Like there is no silver bullet in business, right? Like mm-hmm. there's just, there's not. And, um, while there are some people that somehow, you know, wind up launching a business and within like 60, 90 days are able to quit their full-time jobs and yada, yada, yada. The vast majority of entrepreneurs have to take a journey. Cause like you said, your business changed, right? You needed the confidence. It was a game changer, having to sell yourself, investing in yourself, even, like mentally being like, I can be an entrepreneur. I can quit my job. Like that's a total mindset shift, right? Mm -hmm. So totally having to, to even just figure all that out. I love that you, you did that. So let me ask you when you were kind of chasing that dream of quitting your job, was it a dollar amount you were chasing? Was it a you know, feeling really good about what you were doing. What was kind of that turning point for you and your family where you felt like you were okay to make that choice?
1: Yeah. So, you know, candidly, I mean, you don't, uh, the, the job that I left, so there was a couple things. So one, I like, even though something was missing in my corporate life, I really liked my job and I was good at my job and I held a leadership role at a fortune 500 company, which meant I was making over six figures. So you don't just like take that off the table in a family of four with uh, two toddlers, like with like no, no plan. Right. Um, So like there's that piece of it. But the other thing of it, like honest and truly was like, well, I don't want to leave something that's good. Even though something's kind of missing, like I'm not going to leave something that's good unless I'm going to do something that's great. Right. Um, and so it was, it was twofold. It was one, making sure that I had, um, an income level that, so quite frankly, like, I didn't feel like I was ever going to full on replace what I was making while I was side hustling. Like it just, there's only so many hours in the day and I just didn't want to Burn myself out to that extent, but I had to get myself to a certain income level where I knew that we would have kind of our bare necessities and stuff covered. So then I would have the time to scale up and grow from there. So there was a, an income piece, and there was a just like a, I don't know a, a mindset, a, a clarity piece, if you will, of almost making sure that you know what, like this is exactly the right thing at the exact right place, the exact right time, so that. This is going to be something that, again, is going to bring in everything that was missing. It's not only something I'm good at, but it's something that creates impact. It allows me to help others. It gives me a sense of of contributing to something bigger than myself. Um, So it kind of pulled it all together. Like it, It was tapping into kind of a fulfillment piece that I think was what was missing in my 9 to 5 life.
0: Awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And I hadn't prepped you for that question. So I was like, I hope that I, this isn't throwing you for a loop. But the reason again, I wanted you to share that is because I think that sometimes we do get caught up in the money piece or the fulfillment piece and the, oh, when do I quit my job? Or what am I trying to accomplish here piece and And I knew for you that there was a lot going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes in addition to your job and, and detaching from the identity, right? Like you said, you were a leader, a leader in a fortune 500 company making six figures to going like stay at home mompreneur. That's a total identity shift, Amy. Yeah, like, that, totally. That's a danger for sure. Yes. So, so tell like, what has been kind of the biggest challenge in growing your business? What challenges have you run into um, in your, in your journey?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, I would say it was (laughs) um, figuring out how, uh, I don't want to say how to package, but in a way it's like how to package your services and like wanting to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, once I really kind of identified that, I don't just want to write all the things for all the people. Mm -hmm. I want to specialize and write certain things that I know how to do very well, that create an impact in my client's business and a certain type of client that I want to work with. It's not, you know, it's nothing against the people who are not my ideal client, but I, you know, once I really honed in on my really targeted service package offering, as well as my ideal client, it, it all really kind of clicked, um, and made a big difference in my ability to, Kind of create almost like a machine out of it, like where I, you know, it became easy for me to to network with the right kind of people to get the right kind of clients and to bring that in on kind of a regular basis. Whereas before it was, oh yeah, well, sure, I can write that thing, or, or yeah, why not? I'll do that. Um, a sort of feeling this, you know, this new entrepreneur thing of, of again wanting to be everything for everybody. And so, what what is your niche? Share
0: share that because I think that that's probably a misconception as well for people that are copywriters and and social media strategists and stuff like that are struggling maybe with niching down. What did you find is your niche? Yeah. So,
1: Yep. So I like, I love writing for women who coach women um, specifically. Like that's where you tap into the purpose piece for me, um, which is just my my sensitive, idealistic heart. Just kind of needs that, right? Um, like I got into my HR background thinking I was going to save the women of the working world from some of the ugliness that you see out there, and that did not happen. Um, <laughs> so you know, that's my my way of like elevating the female experience, right. It's helping women who are coaching other women, but specifically I, when I think about my niche, I think about getting as close to my client's ROI as possible. Meaning I want to write stuff that helps them sell more of their product or their service or their course. Um, so it, I would say it's, um, it's less about the type of coach, but it's about the thing that I write, um, and the phase of their like journey in their life cycle. Like they're someone who really needs to, um, convert sales on a more regular basis, um, to help them fulfill their mission that they're working towards.
0: Awesome. And like I said, I just wanted you to share that. Cause I think that some people are fearful of niching down, right? They're Mm -hmm. afraid that if I get to a specific, I'm not going to be able to help people or Mm -hmm. um, that they're going to be missed opportunities. But you actually found the exact opposite. Like the more specific you got, the better your business got.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so right now I predominantly write three things. I write sales pages and email sequences. Mm -hmm. Are or what I love to do the most. I also write websites because everybody feels like they have to have a website. Um, but those are like the three things. And I will occasionally have someone who comes to me with other with other ideas or suggestions, but that is the the zone where I wanna hang out. Because again, I am trying to show a, drama, a demonstrable return on my client's investment in me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanna help them um, to generate more sales. And I have found, at least in my experience, by sort of specializing and just doing those things, that's how you become known for it. That's how you get so lucky to, as you network with more people, they're able to say, "Oh, yeah, you're a coach and you need a sales page. We'll talk to Amy." Um, or you're a coach and you need email. Go talk to Amy. Um, so that's it makes the networking piece easier, and frankly, it helps me increase my rates over the course of time because I get better because I'm just doing the set things.
0: Absolutely, and you're tied to the revenue piece, which. Our yep. corporate brains, you and I both are like, the closer I get to the revenue, <laughs> right. the better off I will be. Yes. So let's talk about sales. Obviously, that's what we do here on the Uncensored Sales Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started your business, did you identify as a salesperson in any way, shape, or form that like, did you ever imagine you would be writing sales pages and sales copy? copy? Like, what was your feelings around sales when you started your business?
1: So I actually... And maybe I'm just cut too close to your cloth. I never (laughs) minded sales. (laughs) Marketing, forget it. Uh, No, I won't say forget it right and maybe it's just the consulting background that I've been in for in my corporate life at a, at a company the size that I was at consulting in that world is basically sales okay. even though I'm not the quota carrier out there generating the lead I was involved in more closing meetings we were often because they were selling my like me I was the one who was providing as the consultant the service right. I was regularly brought into closed meetings Um, I would have to, when clients would want to leave, I would have to resell them on the value prop of the service. So like value-based selling was something that I was already very familiar with, very comfortable with. And again, like it's not, and again, uh, I guess I hang out with you so often. I don't view it as, I don't view selling, like I'm not convincing. I'm educating you on who I am and what I can do and where my business might fit in with yours or not. And if I'm not your person, then. I know a bunch of other great copywriters, and I'll connect you to them. Um, I'm just here to educate you about what I'm doing, and that was how I was. And it was easier, maybe, not being the quota carrier in sure. my my corporate life. But so I was already kind of comfortable in that space. Um, so it made it made it very it made the transition to writing these conversations that I was accustomed to having a much a, a very easy kind of transition.
0: Sure. So one of the things I think you do really well, like watching Amy network online inside Facebook groups, like she has a tendency to do, she's very, you appear very, not detached in a negative way, but you're very, it's very important to you to say like, I want to have a conversation with you. I want to learn about you and I want to see if we're a fit to work together. Like you're definitely not a me, me, me person, meaning like, Ooh, pick me. But you're Mm. a, Hey, let's, let's see if we talk. And if we gel, Um, and I think that that's so important. Again, did that come naturally to you or were you trained? Like how, how did you get so good at being like having really holistic conversations?
1: Yeah, I think, um, honestly, (laughs) I think my career in HR sort of prepared me for that because quite frankly, like interviewing is the ultimate sales experience. Amen. Um, (laughs) And I just am somewhat like, I have interviewed for jobs. I have interviewed people. I've been a hiring manager. I've coached people on how to interview. Um, I've coached managers on how to hire. Like it's a, it's, I always just view it as it's like a two way street. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in just taking somebody's money and having it not work for them and have it not actually help them achieve their goals. So like I view it as um, again, just, just a conversation about, again, building a relationship and understanding, are we a fit or are we not? And it's funny that you use the term detached because I've actually, I've recently in a, in a different group setting was, was giving some coaching to other, um, freelance writers around selling and selling their service. And that was exactly the terminology that I use. Like I'm sort of detached from the outcome. If they say no, it's not because like me, Amy, I'm terrible or I'm a bad writer or whatever. It's just, we're not the right fit right now. And so it's just, um, and I'm, I'm just kind of okay with that. And I think that just, I don't know, being in my background, I don't know, in the consulting and the HR space, like that's just something you just get used to. And it just doesn't, I don't get hung up on it. It doesn't bother me.
0: Sure. Thank you for, again, for kind of sharing that. I think that's great. And I think there's a couple things happening there. One the we way you were able to transfer so many of your skills from the corporate world to this. And then it's so much of what I teach. And you know, this about me, cause we we have spent enough time together. Like everything in life is a sale, right? Like Mm -hmm. the interview is sale. Your relationship is a sale. You know, if you're married, that's like the biggest sale ever. Like you've probably bought a home. Maybe, you know, like you negotiate Mm -hmm. with toddlers, right? Like it's all (laughs) sales Um, and it's taking those skills and transferring them to your business. But one of the things you said earlier was that you, you struggled a little bit with selling yourself um, which I know I very much struggled with in, in my entrepreneur journey. It's totally different when you're selling somebody else's stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of work did you have to do to get really comfortable selling yourself and then raising your rates? Which I love that you brought up that you've been able to charge a premium for your services, which I know are warranted, but um, what kind of work did you do to get there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it became around, it, it became an issue around figuring out. Um, I had no issue in describing the value of what it was that I could provide. But you do, we, we, even though I knew I had experience and transferable skill and all of that, like you do get a little bit of imposter syndrome, I feel like that sets in. And like you see other people who've been doing it and, oh, they've been doing it for longer or are they doing it for better or is their package look better than mine? Like you just, I think it's, it's kind of a natural human tendency as much as we say in the entrepreneur space not to do that. It kind of happens. And so I would say like what, what helped me kind of get over some of honestly was, was working with coaches. (laughs) That's why I think I love working with them so much because they helped me again to, to like validate those thoughts and fears that I would have, but then figure out how to take action to move forward and figure out, okay, well this is how you are going to structure your, your packages, or this is what you're going to offer. And this is how you manage like on, on some of your sales challenges, like this is how you manage your discovery call. This is your onboarding. Pro- like these little things that I've been doing over the course of time, even though I had kind of a, a sales-ish background, um, these were the different pieces. And I think the different support systems that I've sort of invested in and been involved in that helped, I think, bring those those pieces together.
0: Yes and my, I would like to draw attention to coaches. Like it wasn't one coach, right? Like mm-hmm. you've hired different coaches to teach you different skills and work yeah. on you with different things, which I think is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, yes.
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. And that's, that's so, I think that's just really cool that you've done that coming from a full year of transitioning to full-time entrepreneur or I'm sorry, full-time corporate work to entrepreneurship and then just innately knowing, hey, investing in yourself. But my guess is that's probably, you're gonna tell me that's your HR background too. So Mm -hmm. we both get to work with really awesome women. That is what we do. But as I'm sure you run into often, which is why people are hiring you to write sales pages and sales copy, is they're gonna tell you they're just not salespeople. I'm not a salesperson, Amy. I'm not good at sales. Mm -hmm. What advice... Do you want to give the women listening to this podcast that identify as not a salesperson, but know they have to figure out how to sell to have a business? What advice can you give them?
1: Yeah, I would just say, honestly, like listen to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, in, in, I know, but like really, I mean, uh, for for whatever reason, I find that people get so hung up with the idea that writing something that's like just going to sit out there on the internet They overthink it completely. Mm -hmm. It is still just a conversation. Stop thinking about writing something to the entire internet. Think about who is your number one ideal client and just have a conversation with her. Like literally pretend like she's responding to you on the other end, engage her in a conversation and write like you would talk, like pretend like you're sitting down at the table and literally having a sales meeting. That's how you should be writing the things. Um, And and that's how it should look and feel. And so don't think about it as, oh, I'm trying to convince or I'm trying to, you know, make their decision for them. But literally, I'm just trying to engage them in a conversation using written words instead of speaking to them um, about what it is that I do, but more importantly, how they benefit from it and how it helps them, what results they can expect um, and whether or not that's a fit for them.
0: Yes. Yes. How it benefits them. You know me, I'm all about selling the result. So mm-hmm. something else that you said in there, that I think it's really important and it probably, it might've been Abby that I learned like the idea of writing for one person, mm-hmm. like write to one person. And once that shift happened for me, cause I struggled with copywriting um, just in general, transitioning out of the corporate space, you know, learning how to be a little bit more emos- emotional and share some, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable that was such a game changer for me to think about like write for one person, who is that person? Mm-hmm. How is she feeling? What's going on in her world and talk to her. Uh, and that was just such an interesting shift for me from a copywriting perspective, but it's the same thing from a sales conversation, right? Like yep. just talk to that woman who's on the other end of the phone or the zoom screen, have a conversation with her and figure out if you can solve her problem. Right. It's, it's the same thing. Right. So aside from, obviously sales great sales copy connecting with people what other things do you think are really important as far as growing a business maybe some things that surprise you or some skills that you've had to brush up on
1: yeah i mean i would say in my opinion the biggest thing is figuring out like how to tie all of these things to your goals and like having some degree of a strategy in place because it can be so easy to say okay, here I am. I've got my business now. I need um, I need two landing pages. I need an email list. I need an Instagram page. I need a Facebook page. I need a Facebook group. I need a Pinterest. I need Twitter. I need a LinkedIn profile. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it that that doesn't that doesn't work that doesn't serve anybody like it's better to take a step back and try to connect all of this stuff is related right um so try to think about again like what your what your business goals are first and foremost like where are you going with your overall business and then where your ideal people hang out and how you develop content and copywriting that serves them in a way that fits your business goals like how do you you don't need all of the things you don't need to do every single solitary piece you just need to figure out um how to write things or create content that your ideal client likes to consume, um, in a way that still helps you meet your business goals. I think that's the, the biggest thing that people get wrong is they feel like they have to do all of the things or be in all of the places. And so then they get burnt out with it. Um, and then they feel frustrated because they're spending time and energy on stuff with no like demonstrable connection to how having it impact or help their business in some way.
0: Yes. Yes. All of the things, bright, shiny object syndrome. And you know, my story, you know, that was a huge issue for me. I spent so much time consuming content and trying to convince myself that like, Oh, I needed to be on Pinterest. I need to be on YouTube. I need to be in all these places and I need to do all these things. Um, and 90% of my business comes from Facebook, um, or in-person networking, like mm-hmm. that came for me. Uh, but it, it took me a long time to get there. So you know, that I'm big on coaching to, simplify and connect with humans, which I think is exactly what you just described was to simplify and hang out with humans. Yes. um, Well, Amy, as you know, I'm one of your biggest fans and I just love um, watching you kick ass at what you do. Will you tell the audience where they can connect with you, where they can find you um, so they can find out how awesome you are as well?
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And again, I enjoy I'm just so happy that our paths have crossed. (laughs) I know. Like you're like my sales spirit sister. Uh
0: (laughs) And you want to know what's really so funny, small world thing that happened when Amy and I connected. Actually I come to find out she lives like not far from one of like my very best friends in the world and has children like very close in age, which was just one of those weird, like life things that happen that you're like, that's Mm -hmm. so strange. Like how are you two in the same city? Like, In very similar life phases, and it it just—it was—I don't know. Like I said, I've—I've loved connecting with you and getting to know you personally. But for me, that was one of those things. Like I remember when I connected you to, and I was like, I'm so jealous that. I was like, I, I love that this is happening, but I'm so jealous that this is I happening know. right now. Um, that you got to spend time with Lauren and that Lauren got to meet you in real life, but it'll happen. We'll all hang out together at some point. I know. So, sorry. I, I cut you off. Tell everybody where to find you and where to hang it's out. It's okay. Though. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> my website is just www.gleampeoplestrategies.com. Um, and th- I mean, that's it. I hang out on Facebook. I hang out on Instagram, Amy Matos. You'll find me, um, I'm pretty easy to find, I feel like. Um, But I've got, uh, I hang out in your group all the time. So that's another spot that people can find me.
0: Yes, absolutely. And thank you again so much, Amy. So you guys, if you want to continue this conversation, you want to continue to learn from other awesome women or connect with other awesome women like Amy, you can join us in the Facebook group, which is the sales skills for women in business Facebook group. You can also always connect with me on LinkedIn. It is Brian two ends Dowdy. And I look forward to connecting with you there. Thank you again, Amy, for your time. And we'll see you guys on next week's podcast.
1: Thank you. Talk to you soon.